Hey, my name is Amanda. I want to thank you for joining us today. We hope that this message inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you find your next step toward Jesus. Enjoy the message. What's ironic is I didn't even know there was a problem. So if there's not a problem, then why would I need God? If I were to judge my goodness based on the world's standards, I was a good person. I thought I was good enough. But it's, it's just not enough. There was no peace and freedom. It was always searching, always wanting more, always needing something else. It was this endless journey. We spend so much time on things that don't really matter, and we worship what we give our attention to. The person that I was before I followed Jesus, I don't like that person. I don't like the motivations. I don't like the thoughts. I don't like how unholy I was. But I have more satisfaction now knowing that I do need a savior and that I can't do this on my own. And the freedom that I've gained from surrendering my life to Jesus is the peace and freedom that we're meant to have. I could finally hear scripture for, for what it was and what it offered and I began to understand the character of God and I wanted to know more. And that's what started filling all those holes in my heart. God gives us everything that we need you know, in, the, in, in His Word. Matthew 7, 7 says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. I feel like that, that scripture should mean a lot to all of us because God makes himself available to us. His word is enough. Who he is is enough. I've tasted life the way it was meant to be. But we have to start with, number one, who do you say Jesus is? 
You have to ask yourself that question because I think a lot of people don't really know how to answer that question. Two, you have to know the character of God. But I think maybe a third thing is, is ask yourself if you're a good person. And then you need to go by whose standard. That's our prayer. Father, let your kingdom come. Hey, everybody, welcome to worship at LaCroix. Good morning. 
It is so good to see you here today. Uh, whether you're here in the room or worshiping online, welcome to Worship at LaCroix. My name is Ron Watts, one of the pastors here. And this is Vision Sunday. We're going to talk about what God is doing in our midst. And we're going to talk about it around our three values. Every church has values. Some write them down, others don't. But our three that we think, we hope will capture our DNA is that uh, we're outwardly focused, we thrive in community, and we never stop moving towards Jesus. So we're going to be talking about that today, and you may be here for the very first time. And if so, we're so glad that you're worshiping at LaCroix today. And after the service, uh, you're welcome to go out into the lobby. There's a place called New Here. You can meet someone, ask any question you want to ask, or just get acquainted. Uh, We'd love to extend that hospitality to you. For all of us, it is good to gather in Jesus' name, and you can be seated for what's coming next. Our first value at LaCroix is that we are outwardly focused. So we're outwardly focused. And I love this value for a couple reasons. First, it makes me think about Jesus. And so Jesus, as you'll know, when he was doing ministry, there were lots of religious people running around, doing a lot of religious things, and he could have joined them in those activities, but he didn't. He associated himself with socially unacceptable people. So think about it, he ran with prostitutes and sinners and tax collectors and drunkards. And he wanted to get close to them because he wanted them to know that he is for them, that he loves them, that regardless of the mess that they're in, he's got a perfect, beautiful, amazing plan for their life. And so we wanna be like Jesus and we wanna be outwardly focused. Second thing I think about is, you know, we're blessed at LaCroix with an amazing facility, a lot of resources, some awesome people. But none of these things are ours to cling to or to hold on to or to grasp for ourselves and to hoard. God has blessed LaCroix so that we could be a blessing to our neighbors, to our community, and to the whole world. And so one of the ways we do this, you know, I think of the Christmas Eve offering. This year, you guys gave a third of a million dollars to that offering. A third of a million, that's crazy. And every bit of that, 100% of it, went outside the walls of the church so that we could be a blessing to those in the world in need. And so we wanna be outwardly focused. Wanna share a story with you now about a lady in our church who has embodied this value so well. So check it out. Well, my cousin, she locked in all the doors, every single door, and there was no way to get in the house. And for some reason, they asked me to go borrow this ladder. Hey, can I borrow your ladder? He's so, so polite, but he knocked on the door, and I came to the door, and he said, I just wanted you to know I returned your ladder. Thank you, you know. And this is not like me. It's a little embarrassing to say, but I just, within me, I just knew that God had kind of put him on my doorstep. I just said, I think we're going to be friends, and... I think you're going to be going to church with me sometime. And, and I mean, I never say things like that. As I remember, you just smiled, the like smile. Like, okay. <laughs> and I really do think that's about the first time we talked. I think it was only a week or so later, I was coming home from the grocery store, and a young man uh, was riding on a bicycle coming down the street, And then behind him a little ways was Antoine coming down on just walking. So I stopped and I put my window down and he said, hi, you know, probably was embarrassed again, thanks to Martha. I think he said, 
Is it all right if I call you or text you sometime and come over and just talk? And I said, sure, I would like that. And we just sat in the kitchen and visited and ate and just chit-chat. Now I come over to her house every now and then. Free therapy session. It's, that's what I was getting. But I was like, let me get out of my comfort zone. Maybe she was right, we could be friends, and then I'll go to church with her. She's across the street. Her name is Martha. I wanted to show him about Alpha, which was on the little video. And then I think I got the, my Alpha book out and just showed him the kind of things they talk about. I just encouraged you to think about it. And you said you would. I ended up going. I think it was just more getting out of my comfort zone, being around strangers, just because I was just telling myself, I'm like, every day, just do something that you don't normally do. It takes time. I mean, don't don't rush it. A lot of people have a lot going on out outside and inside. Just listening to Antoine, you are pretty brave to do, you know, to come over here to this old lady's house that you don't know, to go to Alpha. I like that quality that you're willing to try something new. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It was, get out of my comfort zone. That's what I've just been telling myself. I don't always feel like I hear God clearly, but um, I definitely knew I was supposed to meet this young man. And then if you're that neighbor, get out your comfort zone, go talk to that person. That's what I got from Alpha as well, just, just try new things, because you only have one life. I am so glad Martha and Antoine became friends. Huh? Isn't that cool? That is so cool. And you know what? Somewhere along the line, somebody became your friend. Somebody told you a little something about God. Somebody maybe invited you to Alpha, like Antoine was invited, or, or maybe it was your parents and they took you to church when you were little, or a grandparent, or maybe it was someone at work who just shared about their faith. Somewhere along the line, I know it began, it begins somewhere, right? And it's usually somebody getting out of their comfort zone and, and saying something. When Jesus... Um, rose from the dead. He spent 40 days with his disciples, and there's these resurrection appearances that we find in the Gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And uh, the very last one, he gives them some final words, and this is what Jesus says. He says, um, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So here Jesus has had three years with his disciples, and now an additional 40 days after the resurrection, and then he gathers them for the last time. And these are the last words he's going to speak to them in the flesh on this earth. And what does he do? He points them outward. He points them outside of their, themselves, and he says, go, go and make disciples. Just like God saw us in our condition and came into the world, God went to us, he searched for us. Now it's our job to go and make disciples. Um, the church is never more healthy than when it's 
outwardly focused. Sad reality is that um, churches can become very inwardly focused, where we're just worried about pleasing ourselves, doing ministry that we like, doing what uh, is comfortable for us, and inwardly focused churches almost always become stagnant spiritually. They, they just begin to wither. They just begin to die because we were never meant for that. God calls us, Jesus, in these last words, says, go and make disciples. It takes us outside of ourselves. Now, that, can, that word there, interestingly, can be translated as you go or as you go on your way, make disciples. Now, this verse is used, and I think appropriately so, to inspire people to go into uh, world missions, maybe to become a missionary. And I think that's a legitimate uh, explanation. Of, I think that's a legitimate take on the verse, but that's only a small part of it because the reality is proportionally few of us are called to go overseas. Few of us are called to become missionaries. And so when you look at it this way, as you go on your way, make disciples, we discover this is for everyone, for every follower of Jesus. He's calling us to be everyday missionaries. And that's exactly what Martha was being. A neighbor comes to her. She feels God is calling her to befriend this young man and then eventually invite him to Alpha. That's what you call, that's a perfect example of somebody being an everyday missionary. See, the reality is you have a sphere of influence that no one else has. I don't care if it's big or small. There are people who know you, trust you. You have credibility in their eyes. Now, they're not going to listen to me or Brad or any other pastor, but you know what? They'll listen to you. And um, as you go through your day, whether it's at work, in your neighborhood, uh, at school, wherever it might be, make disciples of Jesus. How? Well, you have to get outside your comfort zone. But I think just kind of making it normal. When, it, when, when it's appropriate, when it's right, you might just share something about what God has done in your life. And you share that with somebody who may not know the Lord. And then, yes, there are those times when we intentionally invite and make an invitation. Like I said, someone somewhere along the line invited you. And, and so we do the same thing for others. We invite. And I'm so grateful that uh, twice a year we have this um, course that we offer called Alpha. And Alpha is a, it's not just a course. It's, it's a space that we create where anybody can come and ask any question, push back on anything we say, be skeptical, ask hard questions, and be perfectly fine with that. Starts with a meal, we watch a video, and then discussion where you ask questions, any question that comes to your mind. That's why the, the logo for Alpha is a big red question mark. And uh, 30 million people worldwide have gone through Alpha. And here's one of the amazing things. Alpha USA folks will tell us that about half of the people who go through Alpha who don't know Jesus come out with a relationship with him, come to meet him. And that's pretty amazing. And so maybe for you, it would be inviting somebody to, to Alpha. Uh, we have a course beginning this Tuesday night. Okay, just two days from now. Going into this weekend, I think we had 18 or 19 spots open. We'd love to see every one of them filled. So maybe there's somebody in your world that you could invite. Or better yet, maybe they won't go if you don't go, so you go with them. I've seen that happen in Alpha over the years. Someone will go and they'll take a friend with them. And then after three or four weeks, they'll kind of let them go on their own. But um, that's one way that we do this. Now, why do we do this? Well, we do it to obey Jesus, but really why? Because the world needs him. 
desperately needs him. My son went to uh, City Church in New York City where John Tyson is pastor, and John Tyson is an author as well as uh, an excellent pastor, and he shared some statistic recently that uh, caught my attention about Gen Z. Those are young adults, uh, are young people today, 11 to 26 years old, and some alarming things about what's just going on in their hearts and lives. Look at some of these statistics. These are, uh, this is a graph. Now, it only goes up to two seven, 2017, but I can only tell you that the things we're going to be talking about here have only gotten more pronounced and the, and the curve even higher. Um, the, the lighter uh, color to the darker is the younger to the older generations. And if you'll see, these are folks who have had major depressive episodes in the past year. And Gen Z, young adults, through the roof, it's only gone up ex even much more than that. Look at this next chart. Um, these are adults who've had serious psychological distress in the past month by age group. Again, it's from younger to older, and we don't even know what's behind all of this. We just know that anxiety and depression uh, among Gen Z are going through the roof. And then this third one is very sobering. These are adults who've had suicidal thoughts, plans, or attempts in the past 12 months. And again, just look what's happening with Gen Z. Friends, people need to know Jesus. They need to be introduced to the one who is the author of life. And so that's why Jesus says, as you go on your way, make disciples. Let's pray. Father, we, um, we are here today because someone loved us and invited us and um, pointed us to you. And now you call us to be outwardly focused. You call us to invite others. And so I pray, especially for that generation of young adults in our midst who are struggling, God, may they find their answer in you, Jesus. Use us in any way that you would to be light in this world of darkness. We know it doesn't come from us or our church or for even from an alpha course, it comes from you. So Jesus, may you show yourself to be the light to those who so desperately need it. For it's in your name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand and sing.
value here at LaCroix Church is this. We thrive in community. I love this value because, well, God designed us that way, to live in community. This is how we can experience Him in ways that can only happen in proximity to one another. The faith community creates an environment to equip and disciple one another. In this environment, we can spur one another on to a deeper relationship with Jesus. Our love for others and for each other reflects the love we have received from God, right? And let's not forget, Jesus actually modeled community for us through the relationships he had with his disciples and those he came into contact with during his ministry. Jesus poured into his disciples so that they could pour out to others. And we can do the same for one another through community. If you've been around for a while, you may have heard Pastor Ron say this, if you get singled out, you get picked off. Let's not get singled out. 
Let's get connected into community with one another and well, thrive. Now Brett is going to come up and share some teaching around this value. see you guys. When the Apostle John um, is writing to a group of uh, churches, probably ones that he has started, these are people who certainly know him and that he has a good relationship with. He's writing uh, them to encourage them and to keep them moving in the right direction. And in 1 John chapter 4, he says this about the church. Dear friends, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Anyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we also ought to love one another. So when he's talking to the church, he's talking to the church about who they are. It's interesting, he, he calls them something. He says, dear friends, dear friends. Something that he's reminding the church of is that these are not just individuals they are deeply connected to one another in friendship. I wonder how many people, when they describe the church, if they would say, oh, those people, they know how to be friends. They know how to be friends. I, I was talking with um, a guy who's running lighting here this morning, and he uh, goes to the same gym that my wife goes to. Now, um, back when I had a gym membership, it's been a hot minute, um, I would, uh, I'd put in my earbuds, and I would go in, and I would listen to my thing, and I would do my workout. I would even get a printout when I walked in of the workout I was supposed to do, and I would do that, and when I walked out, I would punch in um, my numbers, and then it would update that for the next time that I was supposed to go do my workout. Um, And now uh, Chris and, and, and Christina, they go to a gym that's a little different. They walk in, and it's this group of people that work out together, They sweat together, they encourage each other, they complain together, they cheer each other on, they step on each other's toes, all of that. And I I wonder, I wonder if when people think about faith, when they think about following Jesus, do they have something in mind that's a little more like my gym? You know, I go in, I learn, I grow, I find things that I need and are helpful to me, and that's good, and then they, and then they leave. Or is it maybe a little, a little more like this other one that's, Friends that are growing together. John, he says that what the church is supposed to be is friends and not just friends. He says, dear friends, let us love one another. We're not just talking about acquaintances. Acquaintances are great. We got to start there. It's a little weird to start anywhere else, you know, like it's a good place to start with just being friends. But he says, let us love one another. So we're moving past just buddies and, and we're, we're moving towards sharing life with one another, which may be um, out of the ordinary. That may be uncomfortable, like our friend Antoine uh, talked about. He was in service this morning, um, is stepping out of his comfort zone. If we're going to grow, we have to stretch into something that looks like love. Now, one of the challenges in our culture is we want to define love um, the way we want to define it. But here it's defined for us. 
He says, this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Love that comes with good feelings is great. I'm all for it. That is not enough for the church. The church moves past the kind of love that does what we want to do because it feels right to us and moves towards laying our lives down for one another. Now, now that takes time. That takes effort. It takes commitment. It takes, it takes rearranging our lives sometime. But when that happens, the world gets to see a picture of who this God is that has pursued them, loved them, died for them. And then we are transformed into the image of the one who loved us. And, and this is just not something we can do our own. So may, maybe, a, maybe a question would be, as you are participating in, in a church community at some level, who are you friends with? Maybe not just the people that you live with or something, but who are you friends with? Who do you love at your church? Who do you love at your church? Who are you laying your life down for at your church? Because we, we may catch fire by ourselves, but we keep fire together as we chase Jesus and as we become shaped like him. Um, I've invited a, a group of guys to come share that have, um, have been uh, doing some shaping into the image of Jesus together. They are a part of our men's discipleship group that meets on Sunday mornings called Quest. Um, and could you give these guys a hand? Yeah. Morning. Morning. Again, we have to act like we didn't do this last service. You, you know, like, um, like I don't know what they're going to say. But... Um, First of all, y'all are awesome. Um, so tell, tell me a little bit about how you ended up uh, at Quest. What took you there? Well, good morning, everyone. I'm Garrett. Um, I, uh, I signed up for the class because my wife thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> I, I saw the, uh, the, the videos. I saw the posters. And I was like, okay, this is something I can do to make her happy and check a box. But I walked into that classroom um, free-falling uh, to the bottomless pit. Um, and through, uh, by going to class and meeting these guys, um, I was able to come out of that. So, Thank you, Garrett. I'm Justin. Thank you. Uh, for me, man, I'd been out of the church for about a decade. Um, dealt with some church hurt and, and things of that nature. And... and God started to give me all the things that I thought would make me happy. Oh, Justin, you think a stable job will make you happy. Here you go. How do you feel? Well, God, I still feel miserable. Oh, how about a house? You can, you can afford a house. How do you feel now? I still feel miserable. You have a beautiful wife. How do you feel? I feel miserable. And so I started going to church on YouTube. That was the best part about the pandemic. I got to shop around a little bit, and I like bread. And I thought, I'm going to start sneaking into that place and sneaking right back out, because this is a big congregation. And I know people that knew me before who may have seen me here, and I didn't want to get them the wrong impression. So I was sneaking in, sneaking out, sneaking in, sneaking out. And I saw this placard, Quest for Authentic Manhood. That's something I ought to do. Nah, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> and it was about 2 in the morning. I'm laying in bed. I can't sleep. And I emailed the church. And um, I walked into this class. I sat in the back hoping that no one would come sit by me. And uh, <laughs> sure enough, they did. And, uh, and here we are now, and, and these, these guys, I've, I've been in a room with grown men at a table and, and cried my eyes out about four times, and these guys have been there every time, so. 
Uh, hi, I'm Devin, and I came to this class from a lot like Garrett. I was at the lowest point I've ever been in my life and got in trouble with the law. And, uh, you know, after all that happens, you're like, well, I got to do something. So I, I get myself to come to come to church. You know, I've been here over the years, but like a once a month or so. So uh, I'm like, you got to get in. You got to do something. And I come into the church, and I run into a uh, old friend who catches me before I make it into the chapel here. And uh, she's like, I, you know, I heard what happened. You're doing, I'm sorry. Can I have someone pray for you? And it, I just said, at this point, I'm, you know, up for anything. <laughs> yes, please pray for me. So I join, uh, go into the chapel over here, and uh, I get prayed for for about 45 minutes. And at the end, they said, uh, there's, a, uh, there's a class going on. It's called Quest. I think that you could really benefit from that. And I was like, nah, I think I'm all right. I'm good. And, you know, me, I walk right out of the prayer room, and I'm walking out of the building. <laughs> Same friend catches me as soon as I walk out of the door. She's like, hey, uh, how, how'd it go? I was like, oh, it's good, thanks. Uh, she mentioned some questions. She's like, I'll walk you there. And I was, <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, uh, all right, let's go. And so, <laughs> so, so uh, I get forced in, and I sit down, <laughs> <at the table. laughs> sit down at the table with men, and I look at all these men after we watch this video, and I just spill the whole book. Yeah. Next thing you know, these guys are like, all right, welcome here. Glad you're here. You know? <laughs> We're going to start a ministry where people just kidnap folks and throw them into, <laughs> into class. With a, uh, so tell us, what's God done in your life while you've been there? Oh, well, uh, I now, obviously, love coming to church. And I now not only come to church, but I have like a personal relationship with Jesus where, you know, I pray daily basis, <laughs> morning, morning, evening, bed, every time, I, every chance I get, so... Uh, you know, and now I used, you know, I used to be like, I'll, I'll pray. Of course I'd pray. Everybody prays, but it would only be for myself when I needed something. Now it's like, pray for him, pray for him, pray for the church, pray for people I don't even know. And then, uh, then I'm like, oh, wait, uh, throw a prayer in for me. You know, can I please break 80 today at golf? You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a little long winded. I'll cut mine short. Um, first class, um, Dealing with infertility, me and my wife, we want, a, we want a, a child so bad, and these guys saw me through that, and I walk into the second class, and I'm like, good news, we did it. I'm, we're pregnant. <laughs> and, 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 and I thought, and I thought, I'm, like, I'm a guy, you know, make the baby, nine months later, he comes, you don't sleep anymore. Like, I thought it would be pretty simple, um, but we went through a traumatic experience. He was born premature. Uh, he was three pounds. And um, to go through that, I'm not going to cry. That's stupid. And to, to, to deal with that alone, I couldn't have imagined it. And to have these guys just in my corner praying for me constantly. And my son is here for the first time today. <laughs> <laughs> and to do it with these guys and not alone was just beautiful. And so uh, I'm going to hand it to him before I keep crying. Thank you, Garrett. Yeah. Whew. Um, what was the question again? What's God done in your life? <laughs> uh, what hasn't he done? Um, I mean, I was able to turn my life around um, and find Jesus again in, in big ways. And as I said last service, and I mean it, to stop pretending. I was pretending to be a man. I was pretending to be 
uh, a man of faith, and I was doing it all wrong, and um, <laughs> the class and the guys were like, yeah, let's, let's fix this. Um, and, yeah. Yeah. What would you say to somebody who is doing the, you know, the in and out thing, um, and the idea of moving towards friends and loving each other and laying their lives down for each other, that sounds a little overwhelming. What would you, what would you say to that? So you've seen the video of Antoine here. And uh, I called him out last service because obviously he's on his way too. So I actually got him to join. He's going to join us in September. <laughs> so, and he said it perfectly on the screen. He just got to get out of your comfort zone. You just got to be like, I'm going to go in here. I'm going to lay this down with all these men because that's what we're doing. And you just got to man up. So now that I challenged him and got him, I'm challenging every man in this room to challenge the man that you think you are and come join the quest with us and find the man that you're meant to be. Follow that one up. I'm a salesman uh, by trade, and I'm horrible at selling this class. I have two friends over there. I've been begging them to come, and it's falling on deaf ears, so hopefully they get something out of this. But I can't... Um, I can't speak enough. Uh, we spent three hours last night at Buffalo Wild Wings. We apologize to our wives profusely. Um, just sort of what this was going to look like and how we wanted it to come across, and I hope we did a fine job. Um, we're actually doing a, uh, a small group that sort of broke off from the two Quest classes. So we'll be out in the lobby afterwards. Please come talk to us if you're interested. Uh, we'd love for you to join our, our, our small group. Um, it, like, like Devin said, every man in here can, I wish I had it when I was 20, like Antoine. So I'd love to hug next and, and say hi and, and see you guys in the lobby. Um, yeah, it's whether you're 13 or uh, 83, um, every man needs to go to this. Um, and what's holding you back is you know you're broken, and our modern culture tells us to suppress it. Suck it up. You're fine. And you need to find other men that admit their brokenness. And so I was, as I said, I was holding back, sit down, go to a few classes. And I'm like, I hear uh, some guys' stories. And I'm like, you're not supposed to say that out loud. <laughs> and th yeah, sure, yeah. And thank goodness they did because I think all of us were able to open up, right? We're not here to talk about sports and the weather. Um, let's be men together. We have a different starting point, a different ending point, but we can go on this path together. And so don't let that hold you back from yeah. doing this. Thank you. Good. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Yeah, can I, can I pray for you guys? Devin's like, I'm out of here. I've had enough prayer. Jesus, we thank you for what you've done in the lives of these men um, and how that is going to be given to the people around them um, to their kids, their grandkids, or their lives are going to be different because they're different because they have pursued you together. And Lord, we thank you for the, the men that have been leading that class also. And Jesus, I pray for the people here that whatever that community may look like, um, that they would take a step towards that and that they would meet you in it. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Yeah. Um, 
just real quick to, to wrap this, this part up. In Ephesians, Paul has this prayer for the church. And he says, now we, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, to his power that it is at work within us, to him be glory in his church. Now when we say church, we don't mean the institution or the, even the worship service, really. We mean the people. And there he says that God's power is shown in us and his glory is shown in us. When we love one another and lay our lives down for each other, that is where God's power and glory show up. So I'd encourage you to move towards that. We thrive in community. Um, I also want to, at this time in the service, talk about giving, that anytime we give, we are supporting discipleship like that, that people are growing to become wholehearted followers of Jesus. So whether you give online through the guide or in the boxes in the back of the room or however you do that, thank you for supporting that. We love you. LaCroix's third value is we never stop moving toward Jesus. I have the joy of seeing this value lived out when someone tells me their story of how Jesus is transforming their life or when I observe that transformation over time. Recently, I had the opportunity to co-facilitate a rooted group. In this group, each person was in a different place in their journey. They also were different ages, had different lifestyles, and were from different backgrounds. But they all had one thing in common. They were moving toward Jesus. And the beauty of that was breathtaking to witness. Part of me wanted to just get a bowl of popcorn and listen again and again to how Jesus was working in their lives. And the other part of me wanted to laugh and dance and praise God for what he's doing. The vulnerability in sharing, the freedom of being set free from the lies they had lived, and the deepening of their faith, discovering who Jesus made them to be was so exciting. They were pursuing the one who brings life, the one who is life. And the cool thing is that this is not an isolated incident or a group. People at LaCroix are moving toward Jesus through our weekly worship, in their small groups, in their care groups, emotionally healthy discipleship, in bands, kids ministry, student ministry, Ignite, everywhere, in their friend groups and family. This value is so important to our discipleship, which is why we never stop moving toward Jesus. Now I wanna invite Pastor Ron to the stage to share more teaching around this value. So the whole movement begins here. Mark chapter one tells us that Jesus comes out of the 40 days of fasting and he preaches this message. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll send you out to fish for people. At once, they left their nets and followed him. It all begins there with a, with a simple invitation. Come, follow me. And, and this is the invitation that Jesus issued to all of these, the, the dozen men that would eventually follow him throughout his ministry. Come and follow me. What, is, what does that look like? Well, uh, he tells us in the verses before the essence of his message. He says, the kingdom of God has come near. God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And so what it looks like is it looks like repenting. 
Now, repentance is a good church word. You probably have not used that word in conversation lately outside the church. Um, but it means to change your mind. And specifically, I have been doing life my way. I've been pursuing my will, my wishes, what I want. And now I'm going to turn and I'm going to pursue God's will. I, I want his will. I want to do what he wants me to do. I'm not going to live a life for myself only. I'm going to live a life for God. That's repentance. And then believe. What? Specifically, believe the good news. Yes, we need to repent of our sin. But you also need to believe good news that God loves you. He loved you so much that he came into this world in the person of Jesus to search for you and to look until he found you. And, um, and so when we understand that, we take steps towards Jesus. Now, that, then it was literal, right? There, were, there was Simon Andrew's brother, and Jesus said, follow me. And they got out of their boats. They left everything, and they followed him. They walked behind him, okay? Jesus is not here in the flesh, but what does that look like today? It's, it sort of looks like the same thing. Yeah, you're not following Jesus in the flesh. He's, he's not here in body now, except in the church. But he does call you. He calls you out of things for Simon and for uh, Andrew is calling them out of the fishing industry. Not anything wrong with that, but he called them away from that to a life of following him. He calls us out of things and into new things. He calls us to serve him in new ways. There's an adventure. These, these 12 disciples had no idea the adventure that would, uh, was ahead of them, but they followed him. And what we've been saying the past year, this is the value we've keyed in on for the past 12 months, and that is there's more for you. Why? Because Jesus is always moving, and he's always inviting. He's doing that even today, if we'll have ears to hear. He's, he's moving. He's on the move, and he's changing lives. He's changing you. He's changing the world around you. And so to follow him is uh, to say yes to that movement. There's more for you. And this past year, we, we actually asked you to track. Tell us when you've made a significant movement in, in your faith, a significant step in following Jesus. And uh, 360 of you turned in cards and told us your story, which is pretty amazing. The 360, we know it's more than that. People in our church said, yes, I'm still following Jesus. What is it you want me to do? Well, there was one family moved new to our, to our community, started attending LaCroix, and they began taking steps. And I thought, well, what does that look like? I'd like you to hear from them. So I'm going I'm to invite the Smith-Fulia family uh, to come up to the front, mom and dad, their two kids. And uh, would you welcome them to, uh, to the stage? Hey, guys. Thank you for doing this. Thank you. So before you uh, came to Cape Girardeau, you were already Christians. You were serving in significant ways. You knew the Lord. Uh, but when you came to Cape, you were looking for a church. What was it you were looking for? Uh, we wanted a place where we could both give. Um, we'd been a Christians for over 20 years, and we felt like we had some things to give. But we also were looking to receive, yeah. uh, and, and community was really important to us. Um, we also, I think personally, I wanted somebody to look at and say, I want what they have mm. with Jesus. That was, that was really important to me. Uh, personally, uh, we have a, a large denominational, like we're kind of denominational mutts. We've been through Southern Baptist and Catholic and charismatic. And so we just wanted a group of people that were um, big on Jesus and, and minor on the kind of denominational differences. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so what steps did you take? So you come here, you start attending LaCroix. What steps did you take in your discipleship? So when we first got here, once we found you all, and that was a big deal for us, uh, we visited Sarah out in the lobby many times. 
uh, to discover what was going on. Yeah. Um, and then we said we had come to give, and so my son actually started uh, serving as a, as a tech a techie uh, for Children's Church. And so once I saw him doing that, I'm like, well, I have to follow because yeah. I said that we were gonna come to serve. And so I did the same thing. Um, and so we also stayed late and tried to meet a lot of people and, and go as deep as we could with people here. Right. Yeah. Well, one of the things you guys did was you got involved in Rooted. Uh, and uh, um, Stacy, Jesse, by the way, Asher and Addie, I didn't give you their names. Uh, so Stacy, what was Rooted like for you in your, in your walk with the Lord? Well, it felt like a big welcome back to the church. We had um, been just as a family meeting together, and I'd had my own times with the Lord, but we had been out of church for a couple of years, and so it kind of felt like a reminder of, oh, this is what the church is, and it reminded me how powerful it is to just simply meet in a room with a group of people and pray together. And one of the most impactful parts, though, was an assignment that we had near the end of Rooted, and that was when we were supposed to write our testimony. When I first read that, I was like, oh, I don't have a very dramatic testimony, and I never really felt like I had. So I had just started writing, and I wrote about who I was before I accepted Jesus. I accepted Jesus when I was like 16 or 17, and I wrote about who I was after. And as I wrote and sat there, I just felt like the Lord with me just saying, hey, yes, I saved you. <laughs> like, I really saved you, and I actually felt like that goodness of seeing like how I was really shy and just kind of felt hidden and not a person that wanted to go out and do anything. And I just saw how after, how he really opened me up and kind of blossomed. And even the fact that I'm on this stage <laughs> like, is proof of how he has saved me. So you didn't stop with Rooted, though. Uh, what were some next steps you took? Yeah, so as a part of Rooted, we took a spiritual gifts test, and in that, it kind of, um, as we took the test, we got answers of how God has gifted us, and I had ideas of how I was gifted, but, you know, it feels kind of weird to be, like, saying, this is my gift, and so, but after I took it, I was like, you know, that is me, and that's how God has made me, and I decided that I wanted to own that and step out in it, and... So I just started, they kind of connected you to people. So if you have an empathy or encouragement gift, they would connect you to somebody in the church where you could help serve in that. So I've started taking steps where I have prayed for people after service as my gift of intercession. And then I have um, helped decorate the church before Christmas as a part of creative communication. And so I'm still walking in that process right now. Well, what advice would you give to someone to help them keep moving towards Jesus? And we're going to hear from Asher and Addie on this one. Okay. My advice is to, so I'm homeschooled, so I'm like home all day. And mom has timels winging, like all, she's doing seven pauses during the day to play. And my problem was I forget to, like, talk to him because, like, I'm doing other things. And I, I, and I assume that's what most people do. So, like, having cues, like, time was winging for me. That's cool. Hattie? My advice is probably to not do it alone. Do start it in a community and... If you get discouraged, you can get together and talk about it. And so just don't do it alone. That's what I say. That is great advice, isn't it? That's awesome. 
And I was a lot older before I used a three-syllable word, so I'm really impressed that you could say community. That's pretty cool. Would you thank uh, uh, the Smith-Fulia family? Thank you. Thank you. So we never stop moving towards Jesus. And one of the conversations we've had behind the scenes about uh, things like rooted at alpha, emotionally healthy spirituality, is we we don't want to communicate that the Christian life is like signing up for the next class. Now, that legitimately can be the next thing you need to do, okay? And you've heard today some of the testimonies of what happens when you step into an alpha course or to root it. But I don't want it, we don't want it to be like, that's it. I'm checking the box. I'm going to all the classes. No. What fuels this is this love for Jesus that comes because he first loved us. We never stop moving towards Jesus because he never stops moving towards us. Believe the good news that you are loved. And um, he's, he's given everything for us. And when you realize he's given everything to you, you you fall in love with him more. And so, really, we never stop moving towards Jesus looks like being thirsty for the things of God. It says in Psalm 42, David wrote, As the deer pants for streams of water, so my, my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? See, that, that, that drive is eternal. When can I go and meet with God? I can't wait. It looks like being thirsty. It looks like being hungry. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they will be filled. Do you need to be filled today? Maybe... Like one of the young men said in his testimony, he felt empty after, you know, getting all the things we're told in life you should get. If you're honest, you you experience that same emptiness. You can be filled. And if you've strayed a bit, you can be filled. Wherever you're at in your relationship, you can be filled with God's spirit. And that alone is going to satisfy what we need. Only God. What does it look like? to run after Jesus, to, to uh, uh, never stop moving. It's chasing Jesus. I think it looks like what's happening at Asbury University now. You've been keeping up with any of that? Yes. Huh? On February 8th, Wednesday, had a, a very ordinary chapel service, and students were gathered. This is afterwards, okay? And um, about 15 students stayed after, and they started praying for each other, and worshiping, and 12 days later, hasn't stopped, round the clock. People hungry for God's students, younger, young adults coming to the front to be prayed for, crying out to Jesus. This wasn't organized. It's, there's no big names associated with this. This is people hungering for Jesus, and people are coming from all over the country. 15 different Christian universities have sent folks there, and reports are that this sort of... A, outpouring of the spirit is happening at other universities friends could this be what we've been praying for 21 days of prayer and fasting for the past dozen years huh for an awakening for a return to god people are hungry look at this this is my friend took this picture yesterday those are folks waiting to get inside 
and they're breaking into prayer and worship outdoors. All three chapels at Asbury University and Asbury Theological Seminary are filled. That's what it looks like. Um, I have been reading constantly about what's going on. One professor said that uh, an image that will be indelibly printed in his mind is a couple hours after this started. He's, 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 in the, he's outside and he sees this young person, the student at the university, running to chapel because friends were calling friends, you've got to get in here. God is here. Not there for any celebrity preacher. They're not there for any great band. They're there because God is there and they're meeting him and they're experiencing the presence of God. He says, I saw this young person running. This is Gen Z. Gen Z that's experiencing so much depression and anxiety and suicidal ideation. They're hungry. You know what they are? They're desperate. And God meets us in those desperate spots when we're hungry and we're thirsty. So let it grow. Let it spread. Let it spread from one coast to the other. Let it spread around the world. God, pour out your spirit. Pour out your spirit. And don't pass us by, God. You're wanted here. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you have never stopped moving towards us May we never stop moving towards you. Where there has, where an apathy of spirit or a, or a spiritual slumber has taken hold of us, oh God, forgive us. We repent and we want you. We want more of you. We need you. You're our only hope. You're the only one who can fill that empty soul of ours. So come, Holy Spirit. Come and meet us in these empty places, in this dark world. And may what's happening at Asbury University spread all over. May that, may that flame become a wildfire and that people come to know your love and your goodness and your saving grace. For we pray in the name of the one who always moves towards us. Amen. Let's stand and sing.
Yes, pour your spirit out, Father. Pour your spirit out on us. Yes. Um, this Wednesday is the beginning of the Lenten season, which is just another reason, another excuse to chase after Jesus as we walk towards the cross. And we remember God's great love for us and sending his son to die for us. And it begins with Ash Wednesday. And I love our Ash Wednesday gatherings. This Wednesday, 6.30 here and uh, online. And um, then we begin this journey of the cross. Over the next few weeks, we're gonna uh, do a message series on the virtue that Jesus described himself by. Uh, the series is called IMHO, in my humble opinion. We're gonna look at the beauty and the simplicity and uh, how significant humility was for Jesus and for us as well. Um, we'd love for you to stay a little bit today. We know that folks are a little more likely to stay if they have something to eat, so we have donuts out here. Grab a donut, hang around, talk. Um, and um, anyway, it's good. And if you want to sign up for Alpha, you can do that out there. Also, if you want to meet the guys who talked about Quest, they're available to talk to you as well out in the lobby. Now we'll go with this good word. May go in the name of the one who chases after you. And may you stop running. May you let him love you. May you know that love. May you share that love with others. May you go outside of your comfort zone. As you repent and believe the good news, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you enjoyed today's message, make sure to subscribe to this channel. Feel free to share this with others that God has put on your heart. To learn more about LaCroix Church or to find your next steps, head to lacroixchurch.org. Thanks again for checking us out, and we hope to see you soon.